I'm Ella Sophia Robinson. Welcome to another episode of Mister et Bouldugum, a podcast created by fourth grade students at the Lycée Français de New York. Each episode seeks answers to real questions that we're curious about. And I'm Azade Brennan. And I'm Cecilia Fakai. In this episode, we ask, what is at the bottom of the ocean? But before we begin, it's time for some hypotheses. We've all seen TV shows of the ocean, right? And I think we've all gone swimming before. But have you ever wondered what is at the very bottom of the ocean? I have. I think at the very bottom of the ocean, there's seashells, sand, fish, little caves, big holes in the ocean floor, and more. There's not a lot of light at the bottom, at the very bottom of the ocean. And I think it's very cold in some parts and very hot in others. And there's not a lot of food. Although it's very cold, people try and explore the depths of the ocean. I think that some of you know the ocean is very deep. Most of it is so deep that it cannot be explored by people because when they go down there, there is so much pressure that it just squeezes their submarine and it just crashes and falls. There are caves and even deeper places down there like the Mariana, Mariana Trench. The temperature is hot at the top of the ocean and cold at the bottom of the ocean. People still try to see what is down there, and I really want to know because it sounds in really interesting. All right, let's hear the answer to what is at the bottom of the ocean. Sean Chamberlain is a professor of oceanography at Fullerton College. He sent us this message from Fullerton, California. If you could hold your breath for hours and you were able to withstand bone-crushing pressure and you didn't mind face-numbing cold, if you swam to the bottom of the ocean, do you know what you would see? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. It's pitch black down there. You might need a light. So let's say you have a very powerful light. You flick it on. And in your beam of light, you see mud, miles and miles and miles of mud. The truth is, most of the bottom of the ocean is covered in mud, or mud-like sediments, not that different than what you'd see at the beach or an estuary. But most of this mud, over half of it in fact, contains very important ingredients, tiny shells. Mixed among the sands, silt, and clays are the tiny shells of plants and animals that once inhabited the photic zone, the lighted portion of the ocean. In the photic zone, these plants and animals make shells. And when they die and sink to the bottom, they become part of the mud. What makes these tiny shells important are the clues they hold about past ocean conditions. Scientists can read these shells and analyze them chemically to learn what happened in Earth's past, long before humans existed on the planet. Knowledge of Earth's past tells us how Earth's climate has changed. It provides insights into Earth's future climate, one modified by human activities. 
But saying the ocean is covered in mud is like saying the land is covered in dirt. I want more. Okay, okay. How's this? At the bottom of the ocean lies the longest chain of mountains anywhere in the solar system, the oceanic ridges, more than 40,000 miles long, stretching from Iceland to Antarctica and throughout all the ocean basins. It would take you nearly a month to drive along the entire oceanic ridge system. If you had a superhero underwater car and you didn't stop for fish and chips and, well, you know. But there's more along this underwater mountain chain. Like something out of a science fiction movie. What geologists describe as an underwater Disneyland. We find hydrothermal vents complete with round black smoke gushing chimneys, black smokers. These bubbling boiling pipes spew black chemicals that smell like mm, rotten eggs, like the gases that come out of the back end of a cow or people. But these chemicals contain a kind of magic. The chemicals in these smokers fuel a most amazing type of chemistry, one as vital to life as photosynthesis. They fuel the form of food making called chemosynthesis, like photosynthesis, only with chemicals instead of sunlight. The microscopic organisms that carry out chemosynthesis, the chemoautotrophs, line the edges of the black smokers. And they can even be found miles deep beneath the ocean floor, what are called subterranean seafloor communities. Some scientists think there's more life beneath the ocean floor than above it. Chemoautotrophs have also been found packed inside the tissues of a number of animals that live on the vents. The animal provides protection. The chemoautotroph provides food, a mutually beneficial relationship called symbiosis. Chemoautotrophs supply food for a dazzling array of life forms, such as lipstick worms, six-foot-long tube-dwelling worms with a puffy red feather on their head, packed with chemoautotrophic microbes. Giant white vent clams, about as big as a dinner plate, filled with symbiotic chemosynthetic bacteria. And if you can't stuff your body with bacteria, well, you can eat freely on the feast of microbes spewing out of the black smokers. Vent mussels filter the water for chemosynthetic microbes. Vent crabs pluck patches of bacteria from the rocks. Vent snails scrape them from the rocks with their hard tooth. Hydrothermal vents in their community of life represent a completely different way of life than the one we experience on land. Might we find chemosynthetic communities in outer space? Some scientists think so. But we're headed downwards, not upwards, and I'm running out of breath. So let's turn our focus on the very deepest places in the ocean, the oceanic trenches. The Challenger Deep, the deepest place in the entire world ocean, plummets nearly seven miles deep. It's found off the coast of the Philippines, a place called the Mariana Trench. Fact. Only three humans have ever reached the deepest spot in the ocean. Oceanographers Jacques Picard and Don Walsh in 1960, and filmmaker James Cameron in 2012. Another fact, 
No women have ever traveled to the deepest spot in the ocean. One more fact. One of you out there could be the first. There's so much more to tell about what's at the bottom of the ocean. But we end our tour in the shallow depths, where there's a message for all of us. Along the margins of the continents and the tropical oceans, at depths where sunlight reaches the seafloor, we find the most amazing and yet imperiled parts of the ocean, the coral reefs. The greatest coral reef of them all, the Great Barrier Reef on the northeast coast of Australia. It stretches some 1,400 miles from Miami to Maine as a crow flies. It is the largest structure ever built by any living thing on Earth. Built by tiny flower-like animals called corals, the Great Barrier Reef in every way resembles a major city. Skyscrapers of coral line highways of sand and play host to amazing diversity of life. Nearly 5,000 species of mollusks, more than 1,500 species of fish, dozens of species of turtles, whales, and dolphins live on the reef. During the day, the reef is as busy as the streets of Manhattan. Every different kind of animal going this way and that, finding food, making shelter, searching for that special someone, or just hanging out with friends. But sadly, huge chunks of the reef are dying. The water is getting too hot. Nearly a third of corals on the Great Barrier Reef died in 2016 due to record-setting hot water. And humans are to blame. We're warming the planet. We're warming the ocean. And just like you and me on a hot day, hot water makes corals uncomfortable. And if the water gets too hot, the corals die. I know this isn't the most fun way to end a podcast, but it's a necessary ending. An important ending, because you need to know that corals are dying. And you also need to know that there's time to save them if we act, and act real soon. So next time you forget to turn out the lights, turn off your computer, long to hop in a car and go for a long drive, just remember the corals. Because the less fossil fuels we use, the better chance the corals have of surviving. And a better world for us, too. Sophia Robinson, Ozzie Brennan, and Cecilia Fkay, with help from Mr. Roger and Madame Ardit. We used Brain Pop for research. Original theme music was composed by us on the app Beatwave. Thanks for listening! listening.